Right then, welcome to the first episode of Wrestlers Court with myself, Joe Taylor. This podcast is pretty much just going to be me banging on about wrestling, kind of what's going on in the world today. We're going to play some games as well, try and get some interaction from the fans long term. Play around with what's going on. Like I say, big thing is wrestling at the moment. Mainly WWE and AEW, if I'm perfectly honest, because they're kind of the two that I follow. I am, I'm afraid to say it, pro-WWE. I do like AEW, but I think there's a lot of faults there at the moment. I had a lot of confidence and positivity when it first was created, but it's not really lived up to expectations, but that's a rant for another day. Like I say, with the podcast itself i'm very new to this i'm just gonna have some fun with it um i really want to work on getting more of you guys involved so whether it be on the twitter the instagram the tiktok just shoot your questions over and we'll start putting those in as well also just if there's anything generally quite amusing going on in the world i might bring that in as well but generally we are talking wrestling and wrestling only so what i wanted to start with was probably one of the biggest stories going around at the moment, which is the new World Heavyweight title in WWE. I kind of get some people who've been complaining about it, saying it's kind of a consolation prize. And I don't really agree, but I understand why people are saying that. I think if they're not going to take the belt off Roman, they needed to split the belt. That was always kind of the issue here i don't think they should have unified them in the first place with the match at brock at mania i, I get roman versus brock's a big match but it didn't make a lot of sense it, it kind of they booked themselves into a corner they ended up being stuck with the two titles held up with him just like they did previously with brock as well so i think they need to separate the titles a lot of people did say they wanted to see the belts separated and have a belt on both shows i do think that's for the best i think that's how the show should be done i think there should be a raw title and a smackdown title unless you're going to have a very active champion like they used to in which case fine it's been shown you can do one title over two shows but with the way the tv deals go i kind of get why they want their own belts as well so i'm fine with that i'm fine with them not just marker there because i made a mistake um i'm fine with them splitting the belts up i feel it was going to be really difficult to get the belt off roman otherwise the only way i thought they could have maybe done it would have been putting him in, in some sort of triple threat and getting one person to eat the pin while he's out of the ring but that still doesn't make him look great that big thing at the moment is pretty much making him invulnerable i get that he cheats to win but he's a heel so i'm happy with that as well so i'm more than happy that they split the belts i think that probably the right two people are in the final as well i had no issues with that smackdown being involved i thought it was crazy that people were getting so upset about this with it being just after the draft it doesn't really make that big a difference it just means that the way it works now if aj does win he goes to raw which is fine or the other option being seth wins which is probably more likely but we're gonna have to wait and see 
what happens. The big thing for me is that it's going to be a good match. That's all I really care about. We're in a good position, the way this has been booked in that either winner deserves it. I do think Seth deserves it more. That guy's been an absolute workhorse this last 12 to 18 months. He's been consistently, I would say, the best performer in ring. I can't think of too many matches he's had that have not been good. He always puts on a show. And that guy works his ass off to be the best he can be. His current gimmick, I'm a bit on the fence with. It's not my favorite version of Seth. But the crowd obviously love it. They're always singing a song and things. So I totally get that. I'm more than happy to see him go over. My only issue with him going over and being the first champ is I'm not 100% sure where they really take that. I'm not sure who would be next in line, but Seth's good enough. They've got enough talent on Raw to make something work. My assumption would be maybe Finn do something with the Judgment Day, Finn versus Seth. You've got the whole storyline about Finn winning the Universal title, beating Seth for that years ago, and then getting injured. Obviously, Seth did beat Finn in the tournament to get to the final, though. Outside of that, I'm interested to see what they do with Seth as champion. My hope is that they don't go with Omos, <laughs> who they seem to be pushing a lot at the moment. Don't get me wrong, I do like Omos. I think he's. I think people shit on him a bit unfairly at the moment. That guy's ginormous. He's got the look, and it's not doing him any harm working with all the top guys. The problem is. He's losing a lot. He pretty much only ever beats Jobbers. Then they put him against someone decent, and he loses. But that's, again, a subject for another day. So, yeah, I think Seth's going to be the big favorite, and I think he probably will go over and be the first champion, which I'm fine with. I do have another idea for if they do it with AJ, which kind of works. And I don't mind. I think it's the only way you really make it work if they want to entwine a few different people in there as well. But I think if AJ goes over, I one thing it's a bit unfair on Seth, because like I say, he's been an absolute workhorse for the last 12 to 18 months, done everything that was asked of him, worked his ass off, always put on a good show. I thought his match at Mania with Logan Paul was tremendous as well. AJ's obviously been injured, which you can't help, but I don't think that necessarily means he deserves to be the world champion. Having said that, that guy is unbelievable and definitely does deserve another run as world champion because he is getting on a bit. He's not the AJ of 10 years ago, but that guy still puts on an unbelievable match. Again, that's why I'm kind of reiterating that I'm really excited to see just those two guys go at it. It's going to be a fun match, especially if they're given 20, 30 minutes. That's going to be a real fun show. Now, I feel if AJ is going to win, I think the only way they do this that kind of makes sense to a point is obviously AJ wins, he has to then go to Raw. There's no getting around that. That's fine. What do you do with the OC then? Because let's be fair, the OC don't do anything when AJ is not there. They've been completely sidelined while AJ was gone. It seems to me that whether it be Triple H or Vince, they don't really have a lot of faith in the OC doing things by themselves. They want them led by AJ, which is fine. So I think it then opens up the storyline of AJ becomes world champion. And as part of his negotiations as new champion, something that he really pushes is to get 
the OC with him, as they're his guys. Obviously, NBA in. So they're his team, and he wants them with them. I feel what they could do is you have Adam Pierce get involved and some of the higher-ups use Triple H if needs be as well, and we do an additional trade. So as well as getting AJ Styles, Raw also get the OC. So they get, I was completely blanking there on Luke Gallo's name, but they get Luke Gallo's, they get Carl Anderson, and they get Mia Yim or Mission, whichever she's going by at the moment. But in turn, SmackDown are obviously going to want something in return. And I think they should draft or trade Cody Rhodes. I get that doesn't really make sense from a standpoint of if you are managing Raw, you're not going to want to give up Cody Rhodes. But we use the whole idea that AJ's pushed for it and he's demanded it. And the only way SmackDown would let go of the OC would be if they got a big hitter like Cody Rhodes. What that does is it sets up a bunch of storylines in Raw when it comes to you can have AJ as a heel who's used his negotiating power to, if anything, weaken Raw a little bit because he can say that he got rid of Cody so he doesn't have to then wrestle Cody for that title. And I think there's quite a few good opponents on Raw for AJ that I would like to see. What it also does is it puts Cody on SmackDown and it puts him on the hunt for Roman Reigns again. Now, as much as I don't really want to see Cody as the Universal Champion, because we all know that finishing the story is him holding the World Heavyweight title, I do feel that Cody's probably the right guy to eventually beat Roman. Roman has to lose at some point. If it's not going to be Cody... Who else are we going for here? I, I I don't know who else they can really pin that to that makes any sense. SmackDown have got a, a bunch of good stars, but it doesn't really make a huge amount of sense. The only person I thought could have potentially been in that conversation was Gunter, but he's on Raw now. And again, it means, talking of Raw, you could do AJ Gunter down the line, which would be, for lack of a better term, phenomenal. You'll have Gunter and... AJ just flying around him. I'm all for that. But we're going to come back to Gunter and Imperium in a little bit. Um, so yeah, so you can do then do Cody chases Roman, whether you want to do that at SummerSlam or do a slow burn on that and push it to Mania next year. I don't hate the idea of them keeping Roman as champion until the next WrestleMania. Anything past that is crazy, though. I, I don't think there should be anywhere near the Bruno Sammartino kind of numbers because it's a different day it's a different age it's it's gonna get stale i'm at the point now where i expect roman as champion it's kind of just part and parcel of the product now but at some point he has to lose it i'm more than happy for them to drag that out a little bit specifically because i feel what they're doing at the moment with roman is setting up him and solo versus the usos which to be honest i'm absolutely all for we've already seen roman versus jay a couple of times and they were tremendous like jay can carry a match roman can obviously carry a match i think he's currently the best wrestler in the world and any any version of wrestling whether it be wwe aw new japan don't get me wrong a bunch of yous are going to kick off here and you're going to give me your kenny omegas or your okadas or anything but no i think roman is the top guy at the moment in any federation or any iteration of wrestling. I think he is the best in the world. 
he is very underrated in how he sells. Look at his match with Brock with the tractor when he goes arse over tits out the ring. That guy can put together a good match. I understand some of his matches are a bit lackluster because they've always got the same finish, which is Jimmy and Jay getting involved. That's why I like the idea of them building that up as a rivalry because what does Roman do when he doesn't have Jimmy and Jay saving his ass every match? Obviously, he has Solo still, but it's not the same. And again, how do the Usos do without the backing of the Bloodline? I think what they should do, and I believe this will upset some people as well, is at Night of Champions, I think Roman and Solo should actually win the world tag team titles. Small caveat being to that, I think they need to split those world titles as well. So we put just the SmackDown titles on the line at Night of Champions, and I think that Roman and Solo should go over win the tag team titles. Sammy and KO can still go back to Raw as Raw tag team champions. Do it in a way where Roman and Solo cheat and they win. It still doesn't make Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn look weak. Not too weak anyway. And they can still then build up a program on Raw as the Raw champions. I do think they've died off a little bit since Mania, which... Is frustrating, but also I think kind of justifies why Cody didn't get the belt, because I think the same thing would have happened with him. But anyway, back to Roman and Solo. You then have Roman and Solo as tag team champions, and they gloat, rub it in the faces of Jimmy and Jay, really push the fact that they're now the best tag team in the world, and really belittle and make the Usos feel like crap. Push them down to a point that Jimmy or Jay snaps, I think this time it's going to be Jimmy who snaps, which is good. I think Jimmy needs a bit more of the spotlight than Jay. Jay has already proven that he can lead a storyline. Jimmy's not really had that opportunity. And I think the general consensus is out of the Usos, Jay's the top guy and Jimmy kind of tags along, which is unfair. I think they're both great. And I think the opportunity for Jimmy to snap, Roman or Solo then goes after him. Jay steps in. There we go, storyline set in there because the brothers are always going to stay together and we then build up SummerSlam and you can then do main event of SummerSlam being AJ or Seth defending the World Heavyweight title against whoever that storyline is and then in the co-main event you do the Bloodline versus the Usos which it means we don't get one of the world titles defended which is Roman's but like I say I don't really know who they have who can go against Roman at the moment they've got some big names I think Bobby's a good shout in terms of it'll be a good match but he's not going to win he's not going to go over outside of Cody Rhodes I'm not really sure who would make the most sense when it comes to Roman Reigns dropping the belt so you still have Roman on the card you have him against the Usos well him and Solo in terms of who wins that match the good thing about that is I don't think it really matters I think you can do Roman and Solo win. They'll cheat. Paul Heyman gets involved. Or you bring another member of the Anuahi family into the mix. There's a bunch of them around. You could even do it with Tamina. Anyway, which way, whichever way they want to do it, you then do Roman go over. Or we have the Usos win and Solo eats the pin. 
that then opens up another storyline within the bloodline. So the Usos go off as tag team champions, hip hip hooray. We then do how does Roman react when he loses a belt? Again, not because of himself. He doesn't get pinned, but Solo gets pinned. Do we? There's a, a big storyline still to be told with the bloodline. I'm more than happy that they're still together. You can take the Usos away and there's still a story to be told there. So there's lots going on there as well, but they're just some of my ideas when it comes to the bloodline as well. But by all means, let me know what you think on there. Another thing I think is interesting at the moment is Eric Young, who I think is a decent wrestler. He's never going to be the main guy for WWE, but I think he's the most bizarre signing of the Triple H era. There's a lot of talk of what Triple H has done well, what he hasn't done so well. Is he better than Vince? Is he worse than Vince? I think they've both got good and bad points, but generally I've enjoyed the majority of what Triple H has done. But signing Eric Young, I'm not against signing Eric Young. I, th I think he's a really good talent. But it seems like they've signed him with absolutely no idea why or what to do with him. And it's not like he's some huge name they're trying to keep from going to AEW or going back to Impact again. He's been there, I believe, seven months now and done nothing. He's never been on TV. I don't know what he's doing. I've not heard if he's doing things in the background. Maybe he's producing. Maybe he's training. Maybe he's injured. I, I Like I say, I don't know. I find it a really, really bizarre signing that Triple H has made here. I, I think he does like... Eric Young, he worked with him in NXT. But I just don't really see the point of that signing whatsoever if you're not going to do anything with them. Because, as I say, he's not some ginormous star who's going to get a bunch of viewers if he goes to AEW. As much as I like him, he's just not a huge star. He's not. He's always been at his best in Impact, and that's because Impact's not as big a show. He, he You can kind of run a show with him as one of the top guys there. Whereas, if he goes to AEW, although I'm sure some people will say that he's the next big thing because they love AEW and they want to big that up, which is fine, to a point, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense. It's it's not like he's a Brock Lesnar who they, WWE will just throw money at because they know if he wants to go to AEW, he will take, like, he'll draw numbers, he'll make money for them. He'll make money wherever he goes. On a really quick side note, part of me would love Brock Lesnar to go to AEW just to see him smashing people because he'll be so much bigger, stronger, and just better than 99% of that roster. I think that would be quite amusing. I know it's not going to happen. That was just some fantasy booking of mine. I would like to see Kenny Omega out there as the star, and then Brock comes out and F5s him and leaves just to see some of the IWC go absolutely nuts, which would be quite amusing. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. But yeah, Eric Young. I mean, if anyone knows what Eric Young's up to, then shoot me a message, whether it be, like I say, Twitter, 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 TikTok, Instagram. There's surely things they can do with them. I don't even know. He didn't seem to be in the draft, <laughs> which makes me think they either have absolutely no ideas what to do with him or he's injured. But I've not heard anything. I feel like if he was injured, something would have came out by now. We keep hearing about Randy and Bray Wyatt and those kind of guys, how injured they are. 
again, I get he's not the same level of those stars, but that guy's been around a long time, and he can wrestle his ass off. He can he can put a show on, even in NXT. Like he's been there before. I don't see why he couldn't be there, helping build up some some of the younger talents. Him against Braun Breaker would be a really good match. I could see them doing a really fun program, which kind of gets me to my next point, which is Braun Breaker. I'm really confused as to what WWE's plan with him is. I was really, really surprised he wasn't drafted on SmackDown or Raw. I thought he was a shoe-in for either show. I think he probably fits better into Raw at the moment and the stars they have. But either way, uh, he, he can put on a, a, a good show on, on either program. I don't know why he's still in NXT. He dropped the title, which was fine. He should have done that. I kind of took that as, right, Braun's now leaving. That's the usual way it goes. You drop the title, and then you get called up. So I don't really know what's happening with him or why they're really dragging this out. That guy has unbelievable potential. I'm not as high on him as some people are. Having said that, I could already see him being a really strong mid-card wrestler on either show, SmackDown or Raw. We're talking Raw there. I'd love to see him on SmackDown and go against Austin Theory. I think they would put on a really, really good match. I don't necessarily think Braun needs the US title right now or anything like that, but just putting him in those kind of matches. The guy can wrestle. He's a better wrestler than either of the Steiners, which people are going to hate and really argue with me on. I'm I'm talking about the Steiners towards the back end of their career. I think the young Steiner brothers, kind of early 90s WWE, and then in Japan, were unbelievable. Start of the WCW run as well. I think they were probably the best tag team in the world. I'm not that big a fan of Scott Steiner as Big Papa Pump. Outside of his just ridiculous physique and hilariously mental promos, which... Everyone loves Steiner Maths is probably the greatest promo of all time. But I think Bron Breaker actually is a better overall wrestler than Scott. Um, but And Rick as well. I think he can put on... A, a, he, he's still developing. He's, he's certainly not the finished product. But that guy can wrestle. I was really, really surprised as to why they've left him on NXT to just put him back in the world title frame. A third run as champion isn't going to do anything for him. I, I can't see a reason why they would take the belt so soon off Carmelo as well, because that just makes him look weak. I feel Carmelo deserves a good run as NXT champion. I'm not saying 6, 10, 12 months, but he deserves a good few matches and a good few title defences on a few big NXT shows. Ron Breaker's just pulling that back. He's not actually really helping anything unless he's just going to keep losing, in which case... It's going to make him look even weaker when he does eventually get called up to SmackDown and Raw, SmackDown or Raw, which again I, I I understand that NXT doesn't exist when he comes to the main roster, but still people watch the show, they know what's going on, so I think that's a really strange one, and I do believe that they need to. He needs called up. I I just don't understand where they can really go with him on NXT anymore. He's surely done enough. He's had enough matches. He's had enough top programs within NXT. It's a bit of a bizarre one for me. I think it was a mistake on the draft. 
and he should have been there ahead of maybe some of the other call-ups, such as, I hate to say it, Indy Hartwell. I don't think she's anywhere near ready for the main roster. But having said that, pairing her up again with Dexter and The Way with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, I don't mind it, but in terms of an in-ring ability, she's not there yet. But again, I'm not going to sit and slag her off. I hope she takes the opportunity. I do like her a lot. But Braun Breaker was surely the top guy from NXT that deserved the call-up. Outside of Pretty Deadly, who I don't care what any of you say, those guys are top-notch. I'm looking forward to seeing them on SmackDown properly. They can wrestle. Don't get me wrong, I understand they're much better on the microphones and his personalities, but they can wrestle their asses off still. They can put on a good match. I think they were a very smart call-up, and I'm glad to see them on SmackDown. I think they'll probably become absolute heat magnets as well. So I am all for that. What else do we have to talk about after Braun Breaker? And what else do I have down here? Do, 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 do. Oh, there we go. So, Gunter, I believe, is the best wrestler in the world at the moment. I think it's between him and Seth Rollins as to who's the best. Again, I'm not talking just WWE. I'm talking about in the world at the moment, they are the two top guys. I don't think AEW has anyone who's who can challenge those two guys. Obviously, I know I said Roman earlier. Roman's the top wrestler I'm talking about, performer now. I think Gunter needs to drop the Intercontinental title. And that's going to be quite controversial. The reason I think he needs to drop it is because I believe he's ready for a push as a world champion. When I say he needs to drop it, I believe it should be at SummerSlam, so give him another few months, just causing havoc on Raw. Give him a few new people to beat. I'm looking forward to seeing him against Mustafa Ali. I actually think that's a, a really, really fun match. Ali deserves a bit of a push because he's had a bit of a hard run ever since he got injured and Kofi Mania happened. I He shouldn't be world champion or anything like that. I understand why he gets upset about not having the right opportunities and certain things haven't worked. I didn't really enjoy Retribution. I don't think anyone really did. And nobody really was built from that faction. But again, I'm going on a bit of a, a tangent here. But Gunter has potential to be the second best heel champion outside of Roman. And I don't say that lightly. I, I believe he could do it. I believe if you get him to drop the belt in SummerSlam, put him in another triple threat, he doesn't need to eat the pin. If Drew's back, which, again, that's a topic for another day. I don't think he is, though. Let him drop the belt on Raw. Is, is Drew even on Raw now? Yeah, because Drew's on Raw. So Again, if Drew comes back, you could put it on Drew or whoever they want as the next Intercontinental title holder. He's had an unbelievable run. He's had probably the best Intercontinental title run in recent memory. I'm a big fan of The Miz and his Intercontinental title run, but Gunda's been very impressive, and he's made that title feel important, and it needs to feel important. I absolutely love the Intercontinental title. I'm not the biggest fan of how it looks at the moment, but that's, that's whatever. But he's made that title feel really important. And he deserves a, a lot of credit for that. He, he's put 
some prestige on that belt and he's made me a lot more interested in the continental in the intercontinental title that the previous few years i've not really been first it's been a bit of a bathroom break match or a whatever title having said that i think aj's not aj i having said that i do think that austin theory is doing a similar job with the u.s title in terms of making it relevant not to the same level but i i do feel he's doing a good job with that but yeah i feel like gunder needs to drop the title at SummerSlam, and we then build him up to mania next year as the challenger whether you do that from him winning the rumble or you just have him as the man who he wins the elimination chamber or whatever way you want to do it the good thing with Gunter is there's numerous ways you can get him in the title picture. If we're going to do some long-term booking and we don't go with what I said at the start regarding Cody Rhodes going over to SmackDown, let's say at SummerSlam or Survivor Series, at some point the belt gets put on Cody Rhodes. He beats Seth or AJ. Cody gets that title run. You give him a good six months. We've got the perfect story to tell it in Raw. We have the perfect story to tell on Raw with that title when it comes to Cody Rhodes being the champion and Gunter being the challenger. And that perfect story all comes from the Royal Rumble. The MVP of that Rumble, of this year's Rumble, was Gunter. By far, he looked unbelievable. He was, or is now, the longest. What's the word I'm looking for? He was in the Rumble for longer than anyone's been before in a traditional Rumble. Obviously, they do that because of how long Daniel Bryan was and the Greatest Royal Rumble. But Gunter was unbelievable in that Royal Rumble match. He stole the show for me. He stole the entire match for me. I was actually a bit disappointed when Cody won. I understood why. It made total sense. But Gunter did so well, I think, that that really built him up as one of their top guys. If we have Cody as champion going into Mania... Gunter's the perfect guy for that. He has the entire argument of, look, Cody, I ran that rumble from the start, smashed everyone, and then you came in at number 30 and knocked me out. That was a weak way to do it. Gunter can really talk down to him about how he took the easy options. He got these the help because he is a member of the Rhodes family, whereas Gunter's always had to start from the bottom, work his way up. He dominated the Rumble and then Cody took advantage at the end. We then do Cody versus Gunter at Mania. And the good thing about that is, I think you can probably let either or go over, depending on what your plans are in the future. And the other one's not going to look weak. If Gunter beats Cody, you then have this absolute monster heel as champion who's going to be very hard to beat. And you can again build people like Cody up to challenge again. Or you've got Seth, your AJs, whatever. If you have Cody go over, he looks even stronger again. And if he's the champion, he's beat Gunder. We then push towards, right, I want Roman. I've beat everybody else. And we do Cody versus Roman. Not for title unification. We definitely don't need to do that again. I'm hoping the WWE have learned their lesson from the numerous times they do uni unify them. Long term, it just doesn't make any sense. So let's hope they don't do that. And last but not least, let's go with a little bit of AEW news because, like I said, I am going to talk about both. And I think there's only one place to start when it comes to AEW at the moment. 
and that is CM Punk and the crazy situation involving him. So my understanding is he was kind of going to be the top guy on their new show Collision, which whether you like him or you don't makes sense if you've got him on contract. That guy gets people talking. He's not been on TV wrestling-wise for, what, seven months now? We're still talking about him. I'm talking about him right now. You go on Twitter. I believe he's trending at the moment. I get why Tony Khan wants to kind of spearhead a show with CM Punk. It looks like that's all fell apart, though, and that they've not agreed again. I feel like the experiment's over. If Punk's going to do anything, it should be in WWE. Which he's probably not going to want to do. But the AEW experiment's done. He they, They've put the title on him twice. And I think he's got a total of seven days worth of a title reign. That doesn't make any sense. He's obviously pissing people off. Whether you agree with him or not, there's some higher-ups that don't get on with him. I feel that Kenny Omega's not his biggest fan. The Young Bucks definitely aren't. And... Those guys are at the top in AEW. They are. They're, they're friends with Tony Khan. I don't think the books are very good, but Kenny Omega is also one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world at the moment. I know some of you are going to come after me saying he only just makes the top 10. I do think he's top 10. He's not in the top five for me at the moment. But again, that's another story for another day. But if all you're going to do is continually create controversy without actually even being on the show... What are you really bringing to the product here? Now, if you are wrestling week in, week out, and you're putting on a show, you're making the company money, you're putting on great matches, you're doing great promos, but then in the back you're pissing people off, you've got some wiggle room there. There is some argument that, well, fine, people are just going to have to deal with it because you're doing your job as should be expected. But you're not currently. You're not doing anything. And they seem to have been willing to really push you again and again i don't know the insides and outsides I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on when it comes to politically in aew at the moment but there's something there there's there's a problem there i feel like they should just release them come to some sort of agreement and ju just get rid i think it's better for both parties unless we're being worked here in which case well played AEW. If he just turns up on the first episode of Collision, then I am all for that. I'm happy to be a mark. Play me as best as you can. I like not knowing everything. I think the big problem with social media at the moment is we all know what's going on all the time and there's hardly any surprises. So, yeah, if we're being played right now, great. If not, I think it's better for both parties to just get rid Go your separate ways. We don't need to argue about it. Tony's got the money that he can pay off at least some of CM Punk's contract in the hope that CM Punk wants to go as well. And then he can go to Raw or he can go to Impact if he wants. It really depends on what Punk wants to do. He doesn't have to wrestle at all anymore. I'm sure he's a made man. He can kind of do whatever he chooses to do. If he's there, though, I believe he should be one of the main guys for that show. And from looking at some of the artwork and some of the promo pictures they put out there, I like the look of that Collision show. There's a nice mix of WWE guys as well as some of the homegrown talent. I'm hopeful that we'll see a better version of Andrade, who 
is a good wrestler, but it's just not clicked in AW for me. I've been so uninterested when he has wrestled, and I think it's pretty clear he did try to get himself released as well to go back to WWE, but he's under contract. The guy can wrestle. I'm happy to see him on the show. If they have a different creative, they're going to push him in a better direction. Maybe reel him in a little bit as well. Same goes for... Oh, who else was on the? Who else was I thinking of here for AW? We have to really work on the editing skills for this one. Where are we at for AW Collision? Miro, that's who we're talking about. Miro as well. Miro's a really strange one for me in AW. In that, when he signed for them, I thought, "Wow, that's a really, really clever signing." Not a game changer. I hate when they always say that, but a really good. A really, really good signing. That guy can wrestle. He's big. He's strong. And then they just did a bunch of stupid shit with him. And I think that was a lot. He has to take the blame for that. From my understanding, he was pushing for that as well. He doesn't need to be best friends and playing video games. That guy's a monster. And when you let him be a monster, he's believable. He's scary. And he will beat your ass. And that's what he needs to be. So if they can build him up on collision as well... Hey, him against Andrade, that'll be a great match. Who's going to be the face? Who's going to be the heel? That is a bit of a problem, I think. Sometimes within AEW, they struggle to do either or. Regardless, I'm looking forward to seeing both of those get hopefully repackaged, re-pushed again. That could be pretty exciting. That could draw me back in. Because honestly, when it comes to AEW at the moment, I kind of flitter in and out of Dynamite. And I haven't watched Rampage in about eight months. It just does nothing for me whatsoever. I liked on the poster as well, we have the House of Black. Who, they've been doing quite a lot in AW, obviously the champions at the moment, the trio champions. They're always good good fun. I, I like all three of them. Hobbs as well. I, I feel like Hobbs is one of those homegrown guys for AW that they just haven't pushed right. But can be great. I, I really do believe he could be one of their top, top guys given the right push given the right direction. I'm sure he needs to listen a bit better to some of the veterans around as well. But Hobbs, I'm all for. And AW Collision, originally when I heard about it, I thought, this is crazy. They don't need another show. They can't do two shows at the moment because Rampage is just garbage. And no one cares about it. I don't know anyone who really watches it at the moment. Having seen the press release for Collision, or at least the initial press release in terms of who they've got on the posters and the way it looks, which looks just like Nitro. But again, I'm all for that. I actually don't really care that they've completely stolen that design and used it. It kind of makes sense. I like that there's FTR, there's Andrade, like I say, Miro. There's some a, a good mix of people that I, that I want to see wrestle because AW have this ginormous roster and don't really see you don't really get to see a lot of those guys over the two shows they're currently doing. So if they can push some of the other guys that maybe I want to see and some of the other fans want to see, then I'm all for that. Another one I would like to see over there is Pac. Pac is a Geordie like myself. I think he's an unbelievable wrestler. I would just, to finish with, remove him from Death Triangle. As much as I enjoy them, he's better by himself. Put him as one of the top faces or the top heels. Because he can do either. He's probably better as a heel, let's be fair on Collision and let him run that show or at least be near the top. He will put on a good match with anyone. 
So I'm actually pretty excited for Collision. I'm not going to sit here and just shit all over AEW because that's not what the show is about. Although I will certainly give my opinions on things and I do think they do a lot wrong. But we can talk about that on another day. So yeah, that is the first episode done. I don't have a huge amount else to talk about. Well, not today anyway. Um, please, by all means, if you have enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe on wherever you're listening to this from. If you're watching on the YouTube video, give, give that a like, give it a share. The more subscriptions I can get, the more listeners, the more of this I can do, the more interesting I can make this. And I do have potential for a couple of different guests that I want to try and get on the show as well. I'm potentially going to be doing a podcast with one of my buddies, Michael, as well. So there'll be another wrestling show coming from me as well. But yes, by all means, give me a like, give me a subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. I'll have the link in the bios to all of those. For my TikTok, I'll put the Wrestler's Court one on and my actual personal one. And yeah, if you like the show, please give me some good feedback as well. On the Twitter, on the Instagram, send me a message if there's any questions or any subjects you want us to look into in the future as well, anything you want to talk about. We are going to start doing some watch-alongs as well, whether it be old shows or current shows as well. So lots going on. Um, and please be nice. This is my first ever time recording a podcast. I'm sure there's many a thing I need to change, but it's been fun. And I look forward to hearing from you all again in the future. Catch us later.